the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talked with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of The Kingdom and Its Stories, and I'm delighted to uh, have Sandy Miller, a good and long-term friend um, uh, of Sandy and her family and her extended family. Um, and Sandy, we're delighted to have you with us this morning. Welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, that, let me just remind the listeners that the reason for this program is to interview people who can help us think beyond what we normally think about being Jesus' hands and feet in the uh, in the lives that we already have, not looking out for something different or something beyond what we do, but where we are right now. How can we better be Jesus' hands and feet? And Sandy, you know, so that we have a little bit of an idea of who we're listening to, give us the elevator speech of who you are. You know, Bob, I've been thinking about that since you asked me yesterday to be prepared for it. And I thought, well, I'm not who I had planned to be. Um, (laughs) You know, I had planned to be a professor of philosophy. And I love philosophy. And that was my degree I was pursuing when I met Andrew. And if you told me when I met Andrew that I would be a homeschooling, stay-at-home mom of nine children when I met him, I would not have gone on a date with him, let alone married him. (laughs) I would have ran the other way. That was just the opposite, the two last things I would have wanted to be. Um, But I'm really thankful that God had other plans for me and— So now, I guess I would say I am Abby and Rem and Alec and Kim and uh, who's the rest of my kids? Anna and Julian (laughs) and um, I'm going to forget someone. Then someone's going to say, Mom, you didn't remember me. Timo, Nate, Naki, um, Esther, Nunu, Jacob, (laughs) Hannah, Becca, Sam, Isaac, Lydia, uh, Chloe, and... uh, um, uh, Teddy's mom and wow. Andrew's wife. <laughs> well, that's who you are. That's a that's wonderful. I love that. And what a difference from being a professor of philosophy. And uh, I've known you a long time, but I didn't know that was your your original dream. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. That's Actually, amazing. I didn't like kids. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny. <laughs> well, wow. Okay. Well, 
what we're going to be talking about today, I understand, is one of those kids. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Teddy. Oh, Teddy is um, just a delight. He's my youngest of all our kiddos, and he is um, he has Down syndrome and autism uh, and is nonverbal. And yet he has lots he wants to tell you. <laughs> right. Just because he can't talk in a way that most would understand, it doesn't mean he has, doesn't have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us about him. And, and, and why, why um, have we chosen to feature him in today's interview? Um, yeah, well, um, I think originally uh, David asked me, which would you be willing to talk about how you minister to other moms and with uh, kids with Down syndrome? And I said, you know, I, I'd rather tell you how Teddy, how Teddy ministers to people wow. around you. Um, yes. Because I'm just always kind of taken back, you know, with how Teddy works a room. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about it. Um, well, you know, um, one of the things is, we, like I'll tell you, a couple of years ago we were at a in um, uh, an In and Out Burger, and he just started hugging everybody in the room, which he does a lot. And and I noticed he was just about getting close to a, a pretty scary looking guy um, that looked like a biker, you know, and uh, tattoos everywhere, and he looked kind of angry, you know. And so I right. just said, um, you know, Teddy, you can't go around hugging everybody in the whole place, you know, kind of. So I could kind of move him away so he wouldn't, you know, I thought upset somebody. And, and how old is Teddy? Uh, Teddy is now 15. He'll be 16 in um, uh, December. But, okay. Uh, and but, so how old was he in this event that you're talking uh, about? Probably about 12. It's probably about three years ago. I think it was the middle of COVID, too. <laughs> you know? Okay. But, uh, right. but anyway, so just when I said that, all of a sudden I heard this big burly guy behind me go, well, why can't he hug everybody? And then he reached out. He goes, "Hey, buddy!" Like this, and Teddy gave him a big hug. And I just saw that um, big burly biker melt into a teddy bear. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Yeah, you know, Teddy knows what he's doing. Why do I get in his way?" You know. Um, and I think you know, there's been lots of times where Teddy's wanted to hug somebody that I looked at and thought they don't want to hug. You know, Teddy. And Teddy knows no, they need a hug. And I, I don't know how many times. He's gone up and hugged somebody, and also, of course, whenever he hugs somebody, it's like, Mom, 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 i got to hug him, too. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, Mom, what are you doing? You're not... So, right. um, anyways, I hugged them, and then he's hugged them, and then they, they melt and tell me, you don't know how badly I needed that hug. Wow. And I'm like, God, well, yeah. no, I didn't know. Um, I think last, well, maybe not even a year ago, but about a year ago, we were at Phoenix Children's Hospital. We're at the hospital all the time because Teddy has a lot of... Um, physical issues, you know, with his GI and um, heart and um, shoulders and hips and everything, you know, that comes along with Down syndrome. And um, so we just come out of an orthopedic um, meeting with a doctor about Teddy's hips. And um, as we were walking out, Teddy spied this guy about his same age um, in a wheelchair, probably had cerebral palsy. And mm-hmm. um, he just looks over at him, and he's kind of, you know, leaned back in the chair with his hands kind of 
flailing a little bit. And Teddy reaches over, puts his hand on his forehead, and starts to pray. Now, I can always tell when Teddy's praying because he, he does this thing that looks just like, you know, Jesus. You know? So, and he puts his hand on and puts his head really close to his ear and starts whispering something. I don't know what. And I just watched the boys start getting kind of excited. And um, his parents' eyes kind of open. And uh, uh, and then Teddy moved on. <laughs> and, we're, and I go, um, hi. <laughs> I just go yeah. on. And, uh, and, wow. and then as I'm walking behind him, all of a sudden he spies another guy in a wheelchair. Uh, this guy was looks to be about 17 and had his wheelchair kind of facing the wall with, you know, all his body language was saying, you know, Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Stay out of my space. Yeah. And then Teddy's like, oh, you must need a hug. <laughs> so Teddy goes over to hug him. And then, of course, at first he, his reaction is to turn and go, what are you doing? You know, sort of thing. And then he sees Teddy and he goes, oh, okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> and, you know, gets a hug. And, and then we start walking out the door. And, of course, he sees some other little person in a wheelchair, stops and puts his hand on them and says some little thing and we go on. Oh, man. I thought I was walking behind Jesus. <laughs> oh, Sandy, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. <clears throat> so, yeah, what 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 is the lesson in this for us? You know, part of it for me is at least as I watch Teddy, I think, Lord, I want to be like this. I, I want to not think about what will people think. You know, how will people receive me? How will um, will they reject me? You know, um, I want to do what Teddy does. Teddy sees a need and he meets a need. You know what I mean? And and for Teddy, mostly meeting those needs means you need a hug or I guess just prayer. And you know, and um, just not being afraid to as, as God puts someone on. You know, like you see somebody, and he says pray for them to go okay. And not think, well, maybe they won't want to pray. You know, what I mean, or maybe they'll reject me. I, I've very rarely walked up to a person and said, can I pray for you, that they've said no. I mean, it's happened a couple times, but it's very rare. And for Teddy, it's never, they never reject Teddy. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's because it's so obvious that he is not doing anything out of pity. You know, he's not doing anything out of, you know, wanting to look good or holy. He's doing because he loves somebody, he sees they have a need, and he just meets it, you know, and... um, it, it's it's very convicting to me so so many times. Well, well, it's convicting to me too, Sandy. And I think to those who are listening and watching, it's also convicting. I think sometimes we're so self-conscious of how people are going to respond to us that we 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 think too much. Yeah. <laughs> As a, <laughs> As opposed to just responding, you know, to what we feel the Spirit leading us to do. And it sounds like Teddy is so uninhibited by his self-consciousness that he is able to be free of that self-conscious aspect of those of us who are more whole. Um, and in in being more whole, in a sense, are less whole. Yeah, I would say we're less whole. <laughs> Yeah. When I watch uh, Teddy, I, I'm just like, wow, you know. You, another thing that Teddy taught me, or God showed me through Teddy, is you know, Teddy has uh, trisomy 21, which is what we call Down syndrome, 
and uh, trisomy. Say that again. He has what's called trisomy twenty-one. Okay. It's it means you have a third chromosome on every twenty-first chromosome of your body, and that's okay. what we call Down syndrome. Um, but that's the actual. That's what it actually is. You have a third chromosome on your twenty-first chromosome, and it causes all sorts of little issues throughout your body, right? And um, but it's in every cell of his body, and I, I, you know, but when I look at Teddy, I don't see uh, a Down syndrome. I don't see a child with Down. I see my son. I see Teddy, and 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 that was what God used to show me. See, Sandy, you have sin in every cell of your body, but when I look at you, I see my daughter. I don't see sinner. I don't see sin. I see Sandy. And, you know, I think about Teddy. Teddy has Down syndrome in every part of his body and every cell. And um, But I see Teddy. He's my son. And he struggles with this thing called Down syndrome over here. But it's not who he is. And, and God sees me. He sees Sandy. And he says, she struggles with this thing called sin over here. But it's not who she is. And I could not have known that without Teddy. Um, wow. So I, he's he's been such a blessing to me in so many ways. I I didn't realize, you know, we knew that there was a thirty percent chance of having a child with Down syndrome when we had Teddy, or when I was pregnant with him. And uh, you know, I was thinking we're going to be we're going to be really good Christians. We're going to do this, and we're not. You know, we were having pressure from um, one of our doctors to have an abortion, and um, I was like, no. I mean, I've had a stillborn. I'll take a living child over a dead child any day of the week. You know what I mean? But I was still thinking I'm going to – we're going to do this. You know, we're good Christians. We're going to we're gonna get through this. We're going we're gonna to love this kid and whatever, you know, God gives us. <laughs> I, I saw him as a potential burden, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I didn't realize that God was offering me a pearl necklace. You know, with Teddy, he's not- what what a, what an incredible analogy. You know, when we think of our weakness and our brokenness, yeah. we think, "Oh Lord, we're such a burden to you." Mm-hmm. And to Sandy, you know what you just described brings me close to tears, mm-hmm. literally. Um, <clears throat> to think that God doesn't see me as a burden. Mm-mm. He sees me as his son. Yeah. And we're those pearls of great price. Yeah. Wow. uh, That he came, that this merchant was looking for, and he found us. Wow. You know, you think about that pearl. You know what that pearl is? It's a very irritating piece of sand (laughs) (laughs) that's in that oyster of God's love. And God just keeps covering it with more and more of himself, and it becomes more and more valuable. Uh, but I, Teddy, I mean, I, like Andrew once said, he, or my husband Andrew, he said, um, if I knew that kids with Down syndrome were this great, we should have had more of them. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't think we had a choice in the matter, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me just kind of interrupt uh, uh, our uh, storytelling right now to remind the folks who are watching and or listening that you're listening to the kingdom and its stories. And in this broadcast, we interview people who help us 
have more insight into how we can better be in our own circumstances, wherever we are, wherever God has put us, uh, not to send us somewhere else, but just right where we are, how we can better be Jesus' hands and feet. And today we're interviewing Teddy Miller's mother. <laughs> and Teddy has Down syndrome, and he's not able to speak and communicate like we're doing today. But Sandy, Teddy's mom, is here to tell us about him and stories of how Teddy is able to be Jesus' hands and feet. Well, Sandy, I can't wait to hear more stories. Tell us some more stories of how Teddy, your son, who has Down syndrome, is able to communicate the Lord's love to other people. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy, uh, just by being, you know, I, I think about how the sun and moon and stars give glory to God by just being in the orbit. By just being, yeah. yeah to just be. And, you know, I, I remember God telling me that a long time ago, just be, Sandy, just be. And I said to him, just be what? Tell me what to be and I'll be it. You know what I mean? And, and I didn't realize, well, just be what I'm making you. You're not making yourself something. I'm making you something. And Teddy just exudes that. He just is. And, and he's quite comfortable in his skin. And um, I, I wish I was that comfortable in my skin. Um, mm -hmm. as he is, and he's quite comfortable in you, in your skin. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the, we've, we've befriended a, a guy in, that was on the street corner with one of those signs, you know, um, a sign, sign, what do you call those sign walkers? He's on the corner, um, Curtis, and we've gotten to know him as a family. And, um, you know, Teddy just loves Curtis. He, he's um, mm -hmm. a simple guy, and he's very, um, uh, very sweet in his own way. Um, but I think most people, when they would look at Curtis, would probably look past him, you know, or look through him. And Teddy sees Curtis. And Teddy lights up whenever Curtis comes into the room. And he runs and gives him a hug. And he, he pats him. And he sits, makes sure he has a good seat. And he's sitting down. And he's comfortable. And you know what I mean? And uh, and he, he makes sure that we greet him, you know, like, did you see this? Go go say hi. Did you give him a hug? Give him a hug. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. <laughs> and so Curtis works on the street corner by our house, um, you know, with a little sign saying Diamond Gems. <laughs> and uh, and every, what, wait, wait a minute. Is he asking for help or is he advertising a, he, he does, a business? He, he used to do both, but now God has released him from panhandling and he but he just holds a sign saying, you know, this way to Diamond Gems. <laughs> you know, when those, you stand, you see those guys on the street corner with the little things, that, the little, what signs they say there's a business yeah. there. Yeah, okay, so Diamond Gems is what? Oh, it's a, it's a, I don't know, I guess like a, between a pawn shop and a um, jewelry store, somewhere okay. between those two All things. Right. Okay. Uh, but he's on the corner uh, by our house. And every time we drive by, Teddy's like, Mom, Mom, Kurt. Hi, hi, hi. And he's, you know, saying yeah. hi to Curtis, waving, railing down his window, raving at him. You know what I mean? Um, he sees people I don't see. Uh, he especially sees homeless people. And I think because they look like Noah to him. <laughs> so if you, if you look like you're old with a big scruffy beard, you're uh -huh. Noah. And you're like, okay. you're like, um, which I say um, to Teddy, you're a celebrity. <laughs> 
know? Right, right. You know, so he'll just run up and give them hugs and want a picture taken with them, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, one of the ways when he was first... So, so uh, let me ask, mm-hmm. so you invite uh, this guy to your home? Oh, yeah. And have him into your home? And yeah. so you've not only gotten to know him on the street corner, you've gotten to know him by inviting him home. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, we started just kind of inviting him to like maybe, you know, Thanksgiving things and, you know, any little, any group meeting that we had, we'd invite, would you like to come over having friends over for, you know, Thanksgiving or for Christmas or Fourth of July? And then we just got to know him more and more. And then Andrew got, really involved in his life and now he's our next door neighbor we we got um a house our next door neighbor had was renting rooms out of his house so we got curtis um kind of out of a very bad situation into the house next door we can kind of keep a better eye on him um and it's how how old is curtis he's 62 wow yeah so he's single guy yeah he's single and um He's, and been, been a street person? He's been close to totally. Uh, he's been, he used to sleep in someone's bathroom. Um, that was the place that he could afford, you know. Right. Um, and he was actually being, um, uh, I, I went, he was being used as a slave labor for a man um, for a while. Uh, so it was just praise the Lord to get him out of that situation. Um, you know, he's, he's he can be easily taken advantage of by people. Um, I think of people like Teddy or, you know, um, who are on the street and don't have anyone to care for them, you know, to watch out for them. And they can be easily taken advantage of. Um, maybe they don't have Down syndrome, but they're just more simple, you know. Right. Um, but And Teddy notices those people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking one one of the ways that Teddy just by being when he was first born. Um, I'm sorry, that's my phone. I think <laughs> when he was first born, he um, uh, he was in the NICU, and he you know he for he was what in the NICU is uh, like the um, the ICU for children. Okay, and right. um, he. Uh, he was the biggest baby there because he was like nine pounds. You know, most of the kids in the NICU are like one pound, you know, so they didn't know what to do with this big baby. But he had a heart issue and he had correctation of his aorta. And I, I called some people from Harvest and, you know, they started praying for Teddy. And uh, we just kept watching miracles happen to the point that that he doesn't have any heart issue now. And it just would, Praise the, Lord. the doctor was, would go, what's going on? And I go, well, I have people praying for Teddy. And they go, okay, if that works for you, I go, well, it works for him, obviously. <laughs> but, but one of the things that the first thing is, I, I guess there was a doctor that was in there and he said, I said, how can people, how can doctors, you know, look at how intricate these children are and how much it takes to keep them alive, you know what I mean? And not believe in a God. And he said, well, it's because of children like that pointing at Teddy that some of us don't believe in a God. And I said, Mm -hmm. is every time a child leaves this hospital daily, healthy and alive, do you praise the Lord? Or do you only um, curse him for every time a child is sick, the very few times that they're sick? Wow. And he said, oh, I never thought of it that way before. 
Wow. Wow. Okay, Sandy. One more story, and I make it need to be short. Um, and then I have a question to ask you um, before we close out our time together. Go ahead. One more short story. Oh, let me think. There's so many. Let me think. <laughs> um, I guess. Oh, Teddy, you know, wanted to be baptized so badly, and so t- what he did is he jumped. We were at a lake. Um, he just loves God, and and he saw the river, and he started thinking about John the Baptist from his little Bible stories, and he was like, ma 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 ma, and we went out in the middle of that lake, and and Teddy puts his hands up and says some little prayer, and suddenly he plunges himself below the water, and he's there for a while, and then prays, and he pulls himself back up again, and he. I'm sure he's looking for a dove or something to come down. <laughs> but he just prayed again, and then we were done. We were get out of the water. Uh, so when we got back to Phoenix, he wanted he saw someone being baptized in the baptismal. He's like, "Mama, mama, that, that, that." And uh, so we were able to get Teddy baptized too. Um, and I was so excited for him because he really knows that um, what that means to him. Amen. You know. I don't have time to ask you the question I was going to ask you, but Sandy, I want to thank you so much for, as Teddy's mom, come and sharing with us his story so that we can be inspired by his lack of self-consciousness and his being Jesus' hands and feet in his world. (laughs) Sandy, God bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.